The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 545 for November 20th, 2016. The latest U.S. carrier subscriber counts, new hardware from OnePlus, and WhatsApp rolls out video calling. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, before we get started, uh, a quick mention of a promotion that T-Mobile has going on right now. Uh, It was only supposed to go through today, just a three-day promotion. They're kind of pre-Black Friday thing. And the deal was if you had at least two lines of service, whether you are a new customer or a current one uh, with at least two lines, they were giving away two additional lines for free. Now, being the skeptic that I am, I figured that I wasn't going to be eligible for some clause or another and the fact that I didn't have the company's premier T-Mobile One plan, but I was uh, able to take advantage of it. Um, I took my two LTE-enabled iPads to the store, was able to register for two lines uh, with them at six gigabytes per month of service each, and that comes with no recurring monthly charge to me. Now, um, I did have to pay $20 each for the SIM card starter packs, kind of like the activation fee that you pay to T-Mobile for that, even though I had SIM cards. They said you needed to uh, get this, uh, you know, the SIM card starter pack thing, but whatever. Uh, either way, bill credits are said to be issued um, during the month in which the service is billed to your account. So uh, for the, the services, I'll just get bill credit, whatever it is, 30 bucks. I'll get 30 bucks back in a credit. And uh, then, of course, you're just off and running. So definitely a nice thing to be able to take advantage of pre-holiday season. Uh, and the good news is if you weren't able to do, get uh, on to a T-Mobile shop to take advantage of the deal this weekend, uh, they are extending it through Tuesday due to the demand. They had some of the biggest days of uh, T-Mobile in T-Mobile history uh, with customers signing up for these additional lines this weekend. So um, if you did not, were not able to take advantage of it this week and get over to T-Mobile either Monday or Tuesday this week and take advantage of their two free lines policy, uh, definitely a good thing whether you've got an additional iPad laying around that's got an LTE uh, an LTE enabled or something else uh, entirely that you're just looking to get online, maybe a kid's iPad or something like that. Um, the good news is binge on music, freedom, international roaming, all of it. It's included. They're just regular lines on the plan. You just get bill credits for them. So not a bad deal. If you're a customer looking to switch over, you can get over for essentially free on two of the lines. Yeah, it sounds uh, too good to be true. Uh, when when you were telling me about it before the show, it's kind of like, wh- what are you talking about? Free phone number? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there are lines that have phone numbers assigned to them. It shows up on the account as you know, with unlimited minutes, unlimited texts, and then the six gigs of data um, with all of the promotional stuff that uh, they have on all the other lines on the account. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see here. Uh, if something happens, you know, we'll talk about it, and um, we'll we'll see where we go from here. But yeah, good news. I got all these T-Mobile lines now, so fun stuff. Well, into the news. Third quarter earnings results are in for U.S. wireless carriers. Fierce Wireless has analyzed the results from search firm Strategy Analytics. Verizon and AT&T are, of course, in the top two mobile service provider spots for America. Verizon now serving 143 million people. AT&T at 133 million. T-Mobile remains in a distant third, though uh, coming up quickly uh, with 69 million subscribers. And Sprint now uh, fourth and losing ground here to T-Mobile with only 59 million subscribers. And then, of course, in its distant fifth spot, as they've been for many, many years, is U.S. Cellular with only 5 million subscribers. So um, we are still seeing, of course, the top four being the top four. And really, it's the top two, then the top 
number three and four, and then everybody else. So it's that's pretty much how uh, we expected this to be. No surprises here. Right, because, you know, Sprint and T-Mobile combined is just about the size of AT&T. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, they're, they're not that big, the T-Mobile and Sprint. No, they really aren't. And, you know, it's one of those things that if you talk to anybody out there, most people are AT&T or Verizon, really. Uh, and depending on what the market you're in, you can almost, you know, say you would guess, you know, two out of three people are probably on one ex- as an example here in, in the Washington area. It's mostly Verizon folks. So um, it, it's it's very interesting how that kind of works. But uh, either way, um, you know, they're still still taking on subscribers. And these, of course, come with the additional lines for iPads and all of that, too. So you've got um, you've got a lot of other types of devices that are adding on lines, as I just did today. And uh, certainly that boosts up the numbers as well. Qualcomm Thursday announcing the Snapdragon 835 processor along with Quick Charge 4 for faster battery charging. Uh, On the chipset side, the Snapdragon 835 is a partnership with Samsung and now Qualcomm's top-of-the-line chip. The 835 uses Samsung's 10-nanometer FinFET process technology for the chip, which introduces a number of performance upgrades over Samsung's 14-nanometer process. So, for example, it allows processors to be up to 30% smaller, while improving speeds by 27% and decreasing power consumption by 40%. The reduced footprint and faster speed or increased performance gives hardware makers flexibility in creating devices. The 835 is already in development, and Qualcomm expects to see it in flagship designs during the first half of 2017. Quick Charge 4 was created with the Snapdragon 835 in mind, and critically, Quick Charge 4 officially supports the USB-C port as well as USB PD for power delivery. Qualcomm said its goals in developing the technology was to deliver faster charges more efficiently. Uh, 4 was engineered to push 5 or more hours of use into a battery in only 5 minutes of charging. It relies on what Qualcomm calls dual charge in parallel charging technique to deliver 20% quicker charge with a 30% higher efficiency rating when compared to Quick Charge 3. Qualcomm expects Quick Charge 4 to reach devices alongside the Snapdragon 835 during the first half of 2017. The AT&T Send Message skill is set to be made available uh, to AT&T customers on uh, to on the Amazon Echo to be able to send text messages using their Echo devices. So the skill, as they call it, will be added to the Amazon Alexa application for both Android and iOS. And AT&T says it is the first carrier to bring messaging to Alexa and the Echo. Alexa is an artificial intelligence that powers the Amazon Echo in-home speaker and assistant. Echo-owning AT&T subscribers will need to enable the skill in order to add up to 10 frequent contacts to the skill for messaging via voice command. Messages will appear as though they were sent from the account holder's main AT&T phone number, and the feature will be able uh, be available to the original Amazon Echo as well as the Echo Dot. Alexa is already able to read headlines, sports scores, and weather reports, as well as answer general questions, play music, and pay bills even. AT&T plans to sell the Echo and Echo Dot in its stores, along with a promotion of the send message skill starting this week, uh, November 18th. You know, that sounds like a great idea, and I, I wonder why they haven't done that previously, but uh, I, it makes sense that they haven't because these things are so new, and the, they're not really tied to your phone like most Apple products are, and, you know, I, I, I get kind of, uh, it's kind of set in the, the, the you know, the phone-centric uh, Apple ecosystem, uh, that's usually the way it is, uh, but these other devices, uh, you know, they're very, uh, they're getting very popular these days. Especially with all of the, you know, I'll say messaging over the internet and, and kind of it's it's more 
more of a, a data function th these days than it is a, a traditional SMS function. And so to be able to do this stuff where you're tying it into other devices, uh, you know, that you have is, is obviously very, very good. Um, you you kind of wonder, you know, at what point uh, some of this stuff is going to take on a um, almost, I'll say, like, um, you know, kind of iPad type of quality where you can effectively assign like your your car uh, to be effect, you know, have your phone and your phone number and be able to do things in your car, even if you don't have your phone, kind of like a built in. But it's it's effectively the same as, as how the you know, as how you have on your iPad today. Yeah, you'd think it would be a speakerphone. You could, you know, say, you know, phone, you know, dial his number and make phone calls from your main number as well. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different things that, that could be this could be added into. So um, certainly a, a kind of a cool thing if you have an Alexa and you've got AT&T and you want to be able to take advantage of that, you're going to be able to do so here uh, starting this week. Samsung uh, this week said it has acquired NewNet Communication Technologies, a Canadian company providing rich communication service infrastructure that allows phone makers and network operators to deploy advanced messaging services such as group chats, multimedia support, and enhanced calling. Samsung says the acquisition will allow it to add RCS to its own devices, and the company also plans to add the services to its network operator partners that don't have their own RCS infrastructure. NewNet will operate as a wholly owned subsidiary of Samsung's Canadian business unit. In device news, Apple this week launching a repair program for the iPhone 6 Plus to fix an issue that's become known as touch disease. So this issue leaves the display unresponsive to finger touch input. Uh, Apple said they have determined that some iPhone 6 Plus devices may exhibit flickering or multi-touch issues after being dropped multiple times onto hard surfaces and then incurring further stress on the device, they said on their website. And if you own an iPhone 6 Plus that is exhibiting the symptoms, is in working order, and the screen is not cracked or broken, Apple will repair the device for a service price of $149. Owners of the iPhone 6 Plus who have already paid to, for a screen repair to resolve the issue will be refunded the difference between the price they paid for the original service and the new $149 repair amount. Apple's carrier partners are not participating in the program, so any and all repairs need to go through Apple directly. It's kind of an interesting thing, because when I first heard this story, I thought, why are they not just taking care of it? But I guess the, this issue is surfacing as a result of uh, you know dropping the device and actually having some sort of something happening within the device, but without seeing any physical damage to it, I wonder how they would even know if it was an issue that it was an issue that was coming up because of this. Right. Well, it sounds like it's also probably from the actual device bending, you know, uh, with all the, the, the bend gate scenarios we were having when these devices first came out, uh, because the plus is so much bigger, you can kind of easily deflect it. And I guess, uh, you know, it's popping chips off, uh, you know, the, the, the motherboard or the, the solder joints are becoming loose. So it's causing issues with the touch screen. So uh, what what is interesting about this, that they're kind of acknowledging this particular issue exists and also the price of it, because I think the, the normal screen repair is more expensive than this, or a device repair is more expensive than this. Uh, so they're, they're giving a little bit of break for this particular issue. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because it, it seems like something that is, is occurring because people are doing something to their device to make it happen. But um, either way, it is nice if, if it is something that has happened to you. $149, uh, if you want to keep going with the device, is, is a small amount to pay versus buying a new phone. It's way cheaper than a new phone. Indeed. Also from Apple, the phone maker may be throttling the LTE performance of the Verizon iPhone 7 to keep it on the same track as the AT&T version. According to research conducted by Twin Prime and Cellular Insights and then shared by Bloomberg, 
Testing showed that the Verizon iPhone 7 performs about as well as the AT&T iPhone 7, but it does not reach the data transfer speeds that it is capable of hitting. So the Verizon and Sprint iPhone 7 models use different LTE hardware than the AT&T and T-Mobile iPhone 7 models, adopting Qualcomm LTE modems instead of the Intel uh, LTE modem. The hardware from Qualcomm is capable of a maximum theoretical download speed of 600 megabits per second, while the Intel LTE modem tops out at 450 megabits per second. Uh, but the Qualcomm-equipped Verizon iPhone 7 isn't outperforming the AT&T model, the researchers are saying. Uh, to quote the article, the data indicated that the iPhone 7 is not taking advantage of all of Verizon's network capabilities. I doubt that if Apple is throttling each bit of the iPhone, the Verizon iPhone, but I could it could have chosen to not enable certain features of the network chip, said Gabriel Tavradis, who's the head of product at Twin Prime. Also, field tests suggest that the iPhone 7 on Verizon is just a little bit faster than the iPhone 7 on AT&T, but not as fast as it could be. So in their tests comparing the performance uh, of the iPhone 7 versus the Samsung Galaxy S7, which uh, also uses the Qualcomm X12, data collected from more than 100,000 phones downloading the same image indicates that the S7 was twice as fast as the iPhone 7. Uh, In every statement, an Apple spokesperson said that there's no discernible difference in wireless performance of any of the iPhone 7 models. They said every iPhone 7 and 7 Plus meets or exceeds all of Apple's wireless performance standards, quality metrics, and reliability testing. And in all of our rigorous lab tests based on wireless industry standards, in thousands of hours of real-world field testing and in extensive carrier partner testing, the data shows that there is no discernible difference in the wireless performance of any of the models. Well, since uh, moving from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 7 here on Verizon, I really haven't noticed any speed difference on the Verizon network. Nothing seems really uh, different to me. I don't run that many speed tests, but when I do, it's uh, it's about the same kind of varied results that I used to see with the iPhone 6. Which is in it, kind of an interesting way to put it, which is to say they're varied. It, it just wherever you go, they're different. And, uh, you know, certainly there's 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 very little times where the phone stands out, um, which is kind of a whole nother story, which is to say that the network, you know, you're only in the areas that you're in generally. And so when you're using it there, it's you know, it's going to show fairly similar results to what it has shown in the past. But either way, though, the two phones are performing on a similar level. Past testing by Sailor Insight suggests that changes uh, somewhat when that changes somewhat when signal strength is an issue. So in areas of weak reception, the Verizon iPhone noticeably outperforms the AT&T model with maintaining a stronger connection and enabling faster low signal transfer speeds. Other network testing companies that Bloomberg contacted said that the reliability measuring data transfer speeds is due to uh, maybe difficult due to many factors that can affect performance, but the information collected by Sailor Insights and Twin Prime was not disputed. So um, kind of an interesting story. Um, nothing that you're going to be able to do about it, but uh, interesting nonetheless to know. OnePlus this week announcing a refreshed version of its flagship smartphone. The new device is called the OnePlus 3T. The 3T features the same unibody aluminum design, 5.5-inch full HD screen, 16-megapixel camera. The graphite model has been swapped for a darker gunmetal color, though the soft gold color is still available. The selfie camera has a new 16-megapixel sensor, and the 3T improves on the original processor by jumping to the Snapdragon 821 with 6 gigabytes of RAM. Battery is bigger too, leaping from 3,000 to 3,400 milliamp hours. Comes with 64 gigs of storage. Also, a 128 gig variant has been added to the lineup. The OnePlus 3T runs Oxygen OS and hits stores November 22nd. The price is $40 more than the original at $439. 
And of course, the original OnePlus 3 will be discontinued. ZTE will be allowed to export U.S. products for another three months due to an extension offered by the U.S. Department of Commerce. The Commerce Department alleged in March that ZTE violated trade sanctions in place against Iran using shell companies to hide its exporting activities. The government initially banned ZTE from exporting any U.S. goods, parts, or components, but quickly offered a reprieve when ZTE worked with the government to resolve the issue. The initial reprieve gave ZTE until the end of June, but was then extended to the end of August, and it now runs through February 27th of 2017. In software news, Samsung Monday announcing the upcoming launch of Samsung Rewards. This is a loyalty program for its Samsung Pay mobile payment service. So moving forward, people who sign up for Samsung Rewards will be able to earn points with Samsung when they use Samsung Pay to pay for goods or services. The Samsung Pay Rewards points can be redeemed for Samsung products, vouchers for Samsung.com, Samsung Rewards Visa prepaid cards, and gift cards to select retailers. Samsung says it will let Samsung uh, Rewards enrollees double dip with their credit card issuer. So Samsung Pay users will earn rewards points via Samsung Rewards and may also earn rewards points through their credit card issuer as well. People uh, who sign up for Samsung Rewards during November and December will receive double points on purchases during those months. And Samsung says its rewards program will eventually expand to include other Samsung products and services like Samsung.com and S-Health. Samsung Pay is limited to a small selection of Samsung's high-end smartphones, including the S7, S7 Edge, and Galaxy Note 5. You know, and it's interesting when you talk about these type of rewards programs and trying to understand, you know, how these are going to work and if people are going to actually use them. And and certainly if you are using Samsung Pay, um, you know, it's kind of one of those you may as well just sign up for it and get the rewards as you're going uh, and use them for whatever it is that you want. Um, I like the idea of being able to do get the, the points for both uh, the, the services and the program that they have and also the services that your credit card offers as well. So um, and, and the other part of it is more locations are offering these wireless points as well. I find myself now probably two to three times a week being able to use Apple Pay to pay for something. I just did it today. Um, I, I can't tell you the last time it was, but it was just within the last couple of days. And so it is more now than it used to be. And uh, I think it, more retailers are kind of getting on the bandwagon here with these types of services. And didn't Samsung support the uh, the, the, the the MCT, like the wireless uh, ch- uh, chip, uh, not the wireless chip one, but the wireless card transmission for the, the non-chip enabled uh, readers, right? Yes, they do. Uh, MST, I believe it is. Yeah, that's um, it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So which means that basically you can use these at, uh, at just about any point of purchase, which is quite amazing when you think about it. So definitely an advantage that uh, you you get with this over, um, you know, what you get with Apple Pay. But uh, either way, kind of a cool thing to check out if you're using Samsung Pay uh, and their Samsung Rewards. Security firm uh, CryptoWire this week said millions of phones made by Chinese companies, including Blue, include a secret backdoor that sends owner text messages to a server in China. The backdoor also records location data, reports the contents of the message, and identifies the recipients of those messages, basically gives up all the information about what you're doing and where you are. The software in question is made by a Chinese corporation called Shanghai Adapts Technology Company and is installed on some 700 million phones, connected devices, and cars from Huawei, ZTE, Blue, and others. Adup says its software is meant to help improve customer service by identifying junk messages and phone calls. Adup's installed the software at the request of one of its Chinese phone maker clients, but would not disclose which one. Blue Products executive Samuel Zion says the software was found in about 120,000 of its devices in the U.S., but was removed. And he said, it's obviously something that we were not aware of, and we moved very quickly to correct it. 
today there is no blue device that is collecting that information he said uh, and he did not say how recently blue discovered the software or when it was removed though cryptowire says adup software was hidden deep within the firmware of android phones and visible to an end user and they insist that the phone maker's responsibility is to disclose such software and data collection to end users cryptowire was brought to the brought hit the matter to the us department of homeland security uh, the company did not say if Huawei or ZTE handsets are affected, infected, and even still in uh, the conversation on this stuff. But definitely something to uh, to note if you're using one of these Android devices that, again, with uh, you know having companies that are making these devices that are outside of who's doing the software, uh, certain things can happen, and it's it's just kind of part of the game. Not a common occurrence, but something could, that could certainly happen. Yeah, and we've seen this over the years, uh, you know, over and over again uh, from you know, uh, preloaded uh, software, not only on phones, but also computers where they, uh, you know, call back home, send data home, do all kinds of things uh, that aren't secure and really aren't very consumer friendly because they just have uh, no skin in the game and there's very little quality assurance going on. You think there's any way that a consumer can legitimately try and figure out if their phone is doing this? I mean, obviously, if you have, um, you know, your device um, connected to a Wi-Fi network, you might be able to see the packets that are going, but are you actually going to be able to take advantage of, you know, sniffing them out and actually telling what's happening to them? No, because it, 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 there's so much data that the phones are transmitting. Um, there was a, a, a thing I saw about uh, iPhone and uh, what was it like an NPR or something? It was on, uh, something I was listening to, either a podcast and they had, um, they set up a, a, a capture for the Wi-Fi uh, for all the data and then turned on their iPhone and within, you know, like one second of it hitting the network, it had sent, you know, megabytes and megabytes of information, including your location and the contacts and your histories and all the stuff that the phone was doing offline. Uh, and it, it, it it, it sends, of course, the email starts checking. So then your pa- you know, your passwords don't go in clear text, but the, you know, your, it, it shows your email accounts because the account name is in clear. And, and, and there's just all kinds of stuff that, that starts getting transmitted immediately. So it's really tough to find those little needles in the haystack, too, of, of kind of the insecure information. Uh, just like this week, you know, a researcher discovered that uh, your iPhone was uploading your call logs to iCloud and it was a you know major story uh but it but it's not because that's just part of what iCloud does it, it you know when you go to your iPad and if you look at your call list on FaceTime you see all the, the calls that came from your uh your iPhone on you know incoming calls this is it's not a surprise it wasn't a story but it's a uh, but it but it just goes to show that people sometimes think that things are going on when they're really not yeah or vice versa you don't think that something like this is happening and then it is and Fortunately, there are groups out there that are taking a look at this stuff to understand it and uh, can then report on it. And uh, this was actually picked up by the Times, and so it was uh, it made you know more mainstream news than uh, than most of the stories that are out there. But uh, very interesting. Uh, nonetheless, uh, in other software, Google on Monday updated its Google Music service for Android, iOS, and the web with more personalized music recommendations. So moving forward, Google Music will match users' existing libraries and playlists with outside clues or cues such as location, weather, and activity to make smarter suggestions. The new machine learning features within Google Play uh, Music are able to read contextual tools to understand when people are relaxing, exploring, or working out. People must choose to opt in to receive the more personal recommendations, and in order to highlight them, Google revamped its app's home screen experience with uh, where new music recommendations will be ready and waiting every time you open the app. 
Finally, Google Music will automatically add some recommended music to the phone when it ch- uh, while it char- charges so people will have access to some tunes even when offline. That's kind of interesting. The new Google Play Music is rolling out to Android and iOS devices over the next few days. It's already available uh, via the web. Uh, kind of an interesting story that got me thinking about Google Music again. It had been a while since I had. Um, and for some reason, I forgot about this. They had upped the number of songs that you can store with them to 50,000. So you can store, and that's free. They, they allow you to effectively store up to 50,000 of your songs to stream down to your device in the quality that you upload them. So keep that in mind. It's not quite like an iTunes match type of situation, but, um, certainly a nice thing. Most people have 50,000 songs or less. Uh, my issue is that I've got about double that and I have no idea what's in there and I have no idea what I want to keep or get rid of so uh the process is uh, a little bit would be a little bit cumbersome to figure out what to put up there and what not to put up there but uh, certainly we're getting close to that day when i think we'll 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 be there to about a hundred thousand um and uh, it's nice to nice to see and uh obviously the the experiences of uh using the contextual information to provide recommendations is also a very interesting one as well something that uh, i struggle with is and that is what should i be listening to right now i think i know what i want to listen to and, and there's a lot of times where i just kind of give up because I'm like, I, I don't want to listen to any of this. None of this sounds good right now. I mean, you, know, you kind of know what I'm talking about when I say it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound good at that time. You heard the song a hundred times and you love it, but not at that time. So um, interesting stuff there from Google. So we'll see how good that is. WhatsApp Tuesday announcing that it's enabling video calls for all users around the world. Video calling is being added to all of the mobile phone apps uh, within the coming days. And so users will able to be able to make encrypted video calls to one another. WhatsApp said it developed the app uh, such that the majority of phones and networks can handle the video chatting client. The app also allows users to switch between cameras to make use of, uh, of a simple calling button and also to make connecting easy. The service also supports group texting and uh, voice calling. Uh, of course, WhatsApp first known for be basically being uh, the world's messaging application to go over data. Then they added voice calling and, of course, now video calling. It seems like every service now offers video calling, but with so many people using WhatsApp, I think this is going to gain a lot of traction very quickly. Twitter Tuesday expanded how people can protect themselves from abusive content on Twitter. To start, people can now extend uh, the mute tool to notifications, meaning users can prevent keywords, phrases, and even entire conversations from reaching their notifications. Users can already mute abusive accounts. Twitter says the feature will roll out to everyone in the coming days. The refresh tool set also makes it easier to report abusive tweets or or accounts along with the new tools. Twitter says it's retained its, uh, excuse me, retrained its support teams to improve its internal systems to better manage enforcement actions. Twitter's new tools still rely on users, though, to take proactive action. And Google Tuesday announcing a new way for people to save old photos and improve those already stored in Google Photos. First, PhotoScan is a new app to take pictures of physical prints for storing them digitally in the cloud. This is actually a very cool service. The app is able to automatically find edges, correct orientation, and eliminate glare. So scanned photos are, of course, automatically stored in a user's Google Photos account. The app is free to download from Android and iOS, and it allows um, even more ways to edit pictures now, too. The first, the new tool can automatically adjust photo elements, such as the exposure and color, for an optimum balance. Secondly, it gains 12 new filters for making artistic edits and the new filters use machine learning to apply specific changes to each image rather than making blanket adjustments uh, that may work uh, may or may not work lastly new low light management tools allows people to fine-tune highlights shadows and warmth the new google photos is available to android and ios devices as well as the web so 
I was excited about this for a moment, um, and then I realized I don't actually take pictures of a lot of pictures. Um, but if you do, if you're trying to digitize stuff, it's probably worth the time to go in, download it, um, set it up so that it's probably saving the original size of the photos. That's one thing that you can choose on Google Photos. Either they're high quality, which is limited, or you can choose the original size. Um, and uh, and you could you could archive a whole bunch of uh, physical photos this way. So it's really cool. You take a, basically four photos of the photo and then it mixes them all together into one that is lacking the glare, which is a very smart way of doing it. I hate that when I try and take pictures of pictures. So um, very neat though that uh, they've come up with a way to do this. And of course, uh, then as well, be able to edit those photos as you are on the go. And Amazon Wednesday uh, launching a family plan option for its Amazon Music Unlimited service. The family plan, $15 a month or $150 a year. It gives six family members the benefits of the streaming music service. The family plan costs the same whether or not the subscriber belongs to Amazon Prime. And all users will be able to manage their own music, libraries, and playlists, as well as having personalized music recommendations. The service includes ad-free listening and will permit local downloads for offline playback. It differs from Amazon Prime Music Service in that it includes many more songs and doesn't match or sync with user-owned libraries. Uh, Amazon Unlimited Music competes with Apple Music, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Well, no questions or comments this week, though we'd love to hear from you if you've got anything for us. Send us email to questions at the cellphonejunkie.com or give us a call 650-999-0524. Again, 650-999-0524. We'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It is that week. Uh, enjoy your week if you're here in the U.S. and if you're other parts of the world. Enjoy not being bugged by a bunch of Americans at uh, the latter part of the week as we do what we do over this weekend. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. <laughs>